But that's the hard part yeah. of, of this because then yeah. it's me. And right. it's not just critique of my of my right. technique. It's critique of me yeah. and my humanity and, yeah. and who I am and how I am. Right. And that's right. what hurts so bad, I yes. think, when we get that kind of critique. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGroat. And I'm Dave Mulder. Friends, we're always looking for topics of conversation or feedback, so please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. We really do want to hear from you. Dave and Abby, Brene Brown is a wonderful writer, and in her book, Staring Greatly and Dare to Lead, she shares a powerful Theodore Roosevelt quote. And here's the quote. It's a bit lengthy, but it's worth sharing. Roosevelt says, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strange, strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man or woman who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcomings. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Dave and Abby, we have cited the book The Courage to Teach as well by Parker Palmer a few times throughout the course of our podcast. And I'm thinking about the courage it takes to teach today, mm-hmm. about all the teachers who dare greatly, who put themselves out there in front of others every single day, whether that be preschool, Sunday school, K-12, to post-secondary, each day teaching is an act of vulnerability. And no matter what happens, it feels like the potential is there to get kicked around, mm-hmm. that we put ourselves into the arena. Yeah only to be criticized for the good work we do, for people every day to remind us at times that we're not enough. In fact, Brown goes on to say, and again, this is quite lengthy, but she goes on to say in her book, um, when she talks about how she deals with this criticism, she says, the third thing I learned has turned into a mandate by which I live. If you are not in the arena getting your ass kicked on occasion, I'm not interested in or open to your feedback. There are a million cheap seats in the world today filled with people who will never be brave with their lives, but who will spend every ounce of energy they have hurling advice and judgment at those who dare greatly. Their only contributions are criticism, cynicism, and fear-mongering. If you're criticizing from a place where you're not also putting yourself on the line, I'm not interested in what you have to say. We have, we have to avoid the cheap seats feedback and stay armor-free. The research participants who do both of those well have one one hack in common. Get clear on whose opinions of you matter. We need to seek feedback from those people, and even if it's really hard to hear, we must bring it in and hold it until we learn from it. This is what the research taught me. Don't grab hurtful comments and pull them close to you by rereading them and ruminating on them. 
don't play with them by rehearsing your badass comeback. And whatever you do, don't pull hatefulness close to your heart. Let what's unproductive and hurtful drop at the feet of your unarmored self. And no matter how much your self-doubt wants to scoop up the criticism and snuggle with the negativity so it can confirm its worst fears, or how eager the shame gremlins are to use the hurt to fortify your armor, take a deep breath and find the strength to leave what's mean-spirited on the ground. You don't even need to stomp it or kick it away. Cruelty is cheap, easy, and chicken shit. It doesn't deserve your energy or engagement. Just step over the comments and keep daring, always remembering that armor is too heavy a price to pay to engage with cheap seat feedback. Again, if we shield ourselves from all feedback, we stop growing. If we engage all feedback, regardless of the quality and intention, it hurts too much. And we will ultimately armor up by pretending it doesn't hurt. Or worse yet, we'll disconnect from vulnerability and emotion so fully that we stop feeling hurt. When we get to the place that the armor is so thick that we no longer feel anything, we experience a real death. We've paid for self-protection by sealing off our hearts from everyone and from everything, not just hurt, but love. Mm. David Abbey, this really struck me. Yeah. Um, because we we receive feedback often at the end of every school year. Yeah, right. Um, at times it's from colleagues. At times it's from students. Um, at times it can be from parents. Um, we even evaluate and give ourselves feedback. Mm -hmm. That's not always that kind. And I'll confess to you that I have had to grow immensely, and I have tons of room for growth for the rest of my life, to be honest, in receiving feedback well. The tension for me is that on the one hand, I want the feedback and I want to be better at what I do. And the other hand, I always have to consider, do I trust whom I receive the feedback from? Right. Do I really believe they want the best for me? So I guess my question is, how do we open our hearts as ed educators and be vulnerable and be open for feedback, while also at times knowing how to discern what to dismiss and not to take personally mm. so that we don't armor up and become heartless, so to speak. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I guess my question is, how do, how do we deal with feedback and criticism well? Just a bit of an easy, lighthearted yeah, question. Light but I'm, I'm thinking about this in the context of the school year wrapping up. And we're, I know the three of us, and I'm sure this is true for many of our listeners. Hey, it's the end of year. We're reflecting. Maybe we've gone through a teacher evaluation. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we've gotten hard emails from parents. Maybe we've been reminded in different ways that we aren't enough, that we can be better. And that's true for all of us. Yeah. And that that's hard sometimes. So, so. Can I, either of you, how do, how do you deal with feedback and criticism? And how do you balance that tension of taking it to heart and also knowing what to dismiss? Right. Well, the, the way that you were framing that really, really hit me, right? Like that sense of I need feedback. Feedback is where you grow. And I suppose you don't need feedback if you're satisfied that you don't need to grow. But that, that's a problem yeah. too, I think, yeah. right? <laughs> that's its own issue. Right, that's right. Yeah. Because all of us can keep, like, how do you ever master this arcane art right. of teaching? You know, no. we, never, we can achieve uh, you know, proximity to mastery, but we right. can't ever 
master it. I don't, I, at least I believe on this side of glory, yeah. we're never going to master yeah. what yeah. we're trying to do here, right? So, yeah, you're, you're framing this question, I think, really well, Matt, that, that we, we have to get feedback, but how do you judge the quality of the feedback you're receiving, right? Like, yeah. I always come back to it at the end of the semester for us teaching higher ed, we always get uh, ratings of instruction or right. students' impressions of our yeah. instruction, right? And it's anonymous, and it should be, because then students can feel more free to say what they really yeah. think. I understand that, too. But, like, that... Frankly, it hurts sometimes. Yeah. Would when, when I feel like I have to take a deep breath before I open those. Right, yeah. because I'm pouring I have to myself be, out. Yeah, I absolutely have to be in the right headspace before yeah. I can engage with those That's reports. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And and even if I get twenty great comments like, "Hey, this course was great," you know, whatever. Yeah. If I get one that's really sharp, and when I read it and I discern the truth of that, like mm -hmm. what they're naming is true, mm -hmm. that's yeah. the one. I can have 20 great comments, yeah. but the one that feels yeah. like this is just piercing, yeah. you know, and that's what I do. I find myself yeah. armoring up, right? Yeah. Like, that, like mm -hmm. I have to steal myself to be able to read this stuff, even, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's hard. It is hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. How about you, Abby? Like, how do you deal with criticism? How do you, how do you, how do you discern yeah. what to, to receive, even if it's hard and, and are there times where it's okay to actually say that actually doesn't count? Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take question. that to heart. I think for me, part of part of my just who I am and my personality trait is I tend to be my own biggest critic. Mm -hmm. I tend yeah. to have a really good sense yeah. of like Parker Palmer talks about an inner life, right? I yeah. I am constantly yeah. reflecting right. and going hmm. over and yeah. I mean I drive home in silence a lot right yeah. like mm -hmm. I have a 25 minute commute yeah. and I will often replay and rethink and so I tend to have already processed on some level right. what people are going to give me yeah. as far as feedback mm -hmm. and that's just who yeah. that's just who I am and so I often can know when someone is speaking truth mm. because I've already heard it right yeah, and sometimes it right. is a surprise and then I need to ruminate on it for a yeah. while and but often I'm able to recognize yep yeah. right and mm -hmm. and be able to and also I think it gives me a good sense of um whether or not something is true hmm. uh, yeah yeah because you've already thought this because through. I've already examined it yeah. from a lot of different angles mm -hmm. and also I think for me I'm not interested in feedback that is surface that that you don't actually know good or bad yeah yeah because I've had evaluations that have been largely positive that I've thought you don't actually you've not been in my room sure you do not know actually yeah. Yeah. that yeah. I'm doing a good job because how would you right if, yeah. if you get this one window into my right you practice like, is that enough yeah. to judge right, right. so I also am not interested in feedback from mm -hmm. someone who has not been deeply embedded yeah. in yeah. in what they're actually evaluating, yeah. right? And so I do appreciate the feedback that process that we have here at this institution where people actually come and sit in a couple of different classes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they... And I've learned a lot about giving feedback. Oh, yes. Right? Um, <laughs> I often will keep a running record of what's happening in my student-teacher's classrooms before mm -hmm. I give any sort of evaluative mm -hmm. comment, just so they know, hey, I was paying attention. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what happened here before I give evaluative feedback. That's what I'm looking for in evaluation, mm -hmm. too, right? Do, were you paying attention? 
Or right. are you just giving me some summative yeah. stamp sticker yeah. criticism? And so I think for me, yeah, how 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 truthful is it? How much do you actually know? Right? right? Yeah. That's the things that I'm going to yeah. pay attention to and take in um, mm. versus surface level or... Yeah. And also just the further out you are, right? Like I say, take my students' opinions very, I give I give a lot of weight to those, right? Because yeah. they were in the room the whole time. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Right? So they get a lot of weight in my book. <laughs> Someone who is criticizing teachers from outside the profession does not get a lot of weight with yeah. me, right? Yeah. Like whether that be a comment in passing or, you know, the political climate, Twitter, whatever, I just, that just rolls right off of yeah. me because they're not in it. They don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not in the arena getting your yeah, ass kicked exactly. on occasion, I'm exactly. not in the I've, right? I've got not a lot of time for people criticizing teachers, to yeah. be honest with yeah. you. And that's who yeah. who aren't in the profession. And yeah. I have that. I find that in my social circles, too, of other teachers, even oh, yeah. among parents. I've sure. got no time yeah. for parents criticizing teachers, other teachers, yeah. other teachers in the circle. Yeah. Like, yeah. I will either say something or I will walk away. Yeah. I've got no time for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's admirable, and I think it's it's hard sometimes for me personally to put myself out there for that. But I think yeah. it's really important for us to like how are we going to elevate our profession otherwise yeah. if we don't call that out when we yeah. when we see it too. Yeah. Hmm. No, it's interesting. Like I sometimes I feel like, and maybe it goes along with what you're saying, Abby. For for better, and maybe at times worse, I can get to a place where I where I basically say, "Have have you earned the right mm-hmm. to say that to me?" <laughs> Have you earned the right to email that mm-hmm. to me? Have you earned mm-hmm. the right to criticize? Um, and that's where I feel like, the, like in the end, the students are in there, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. every day, and and they see me at my best, mm-hmm. and they see me at my worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and I think I I take those try to take that to to heart. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just to try to think about, yeah, that's why when, when I read Brown to you, right, it's like this tension I always feel of, of I want to take it to heart, mm-hmm. but I also, but I also want to give it the right amount of weight. Mm-hmm. Like I can give criticism more weight than it's due at times, right? Like I'll carry it with me mm-hmm. really like play with deeply. It yeah. Words, yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, yeah. so that's the part I, you know, after 28 years of teaching, I need to figure out, like, why have I not gotten better <laughs> right. at that part? And, and I think in the end, for me, I, I think a lot of it comes down to, um, do I really deeply trust that the person giving this feedback wants the best for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if I get to a place where I feel like feel that about someone they can almost say anything they want to me mm-hmm. you know like i had that with my superintendent back in british columbia dave lowen i trust him so deeply that he and knew he wanted me to be the best principal i could mm-hmm. he could say anything to me and it was hard at times but i never felt it was i never felt it was personal Mm -hmm. and at other times from different people it'd be like this feels really personal Mm -hmm. this feels like you're attacking me like this isn't about being a better teacher this isn't this is just about you're just shredding me and so and I think that's for me I sort of had this filter but I can remember 
I don't remember guys coming home from school getting shredded and literally laying on on the bed in the fetal mm-hmm. position in tears because yeah. mm-hmm. like, I just felt like my humanity my integrity like every, yeah. and, and then I have to wrestle at times too like is my identity too wrapped up mm-hmm. in being a teacher mm-hmm. and I think that's the that's part the where I right? that's the challenge for me is is um, to talk about hey like do I know who I am truly before what I do, mm. right? And, and I think it's, I, I, it's easy to get stuck when we take criticism too closely to heart at times or we feel it too much. I can really get caught up in the I should be, I should be, I should be, I should be. Mm-hmm. And what would it look like for the starting place to be, no, like this is who I am ultimately. Like this, I am more than a teacher, right? Like. You may feel like I'm not enough as a teacher, but maybe the starting place is how do I trust that I am enough as a child as a child of God? But I get right. those two conf- yeah. mm-hmm. confused a lot, well, and I think that's the challenge. And when we've talked about uh, the courage to teach from Parker Palmer before and stuff, like he talks so much about identity and mm-hmm. and how yeah. so much of our work as yeah. teachers really is mm-hmm. ourselves out on stage, and yeah. and that whole idea of well, you can act like a teacher, or you can be the teacher, and I believe that very deeply. Yeah. Like you. Technique gets you so far and no further, right? If you're acting like a teacher yeah. and then it just had, like the teacher shows up at some point. Mm-hmm. But that's the hard part yeah. of, of this because then yeah. it's me. And yeah. it's not just critique of my of my right. technique. It's critique of me yeah. and my humanity and, yeah. and who I am and how I am. Yeah. And that's what hurts so bad, I yes. think, when we get that kind of critique. Yeah, and I, and I think, and part of it is, right, when you, when you teach, and, I, and I, I believe this is true from preschool to post-secondary at the, at this place that you can't not love your students, mm-hmm. right? You can't, at least I want that to believe that that's true, right? right? That you love the content, but you, you love your students. And, and, you know, Brown talks about that, about, about anytime you love someone as a child of God, that also is in its own way vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You're like, like I sometimes think, oh, like if all we had to do was teach content and not get involved with people's lives, right, right, it would be way simpler, but it would also be way less rich. Yeah. Well, and it comes back to the idea: if it's just technique, then, yeah. then I'm not worried about yeah. the people. Then I'm just yeah. like, am I do, am I doing the right moves to, you know, instill this yeah. content into their head somehow? And I've done my work, yeah. dust my hands yeah. off, and walk away. Yeah. And well, I, no. yeah, and I think in K twelve especially, and I remember this from from teaching, right? You you've got people's kids, yeah. right? Yeah. Sitting yeah. in front of you every day yeah. too, and so there's a whole layer of like the parents and their mm-hmm. perceptions and their limited. Yeah. Yeah. speaking on behalf of right yeah. of their own kids and that can get really messy and it can get personal and it yeah. can get great I mean you've got grades you've got hmm. like it's just it can be very I think that's my harshest interactions maybe have been hmm. with not supervisors and not other teachers but parents yeah. and that's that's difficult yeah. to yeah. unwrap right to think through okay they're they have a perspective. They want what's best for their kid. Yeah, yeah and as I do, and as I try to, right. and it's that weird right. tension, right? Because I think about that if I think, well, like I know how I feel about my children. Exactly. Right, and so how, so 
Yeah, and that's the part where it's like, how do you balance all right. the all those? And things? and I've also witnessed parent behavior that is completely unacceptable yeah. in any oh, community. Sure. Yeah. And in especially in a Christian community, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. so, how do you how do you balance mm-hmm. both of those things? Yeah, yeah. No, for yeah. sure. Team, I just want to end here. Brene Brown ends um, this chapter by by quoting C.S. Lewis, and and again, I, I think. She gets at this a bit near the end when she says, and I think I read this earlier, is is when we get to the place where that the armor is so thick we no longer feel anything, we experience a real death. And I think my my hope is that for all of us, we never get to that place. Yes, that's right. Right? That we find a way to discern what to hold true and actually what, what to release. Um, and she says, no one captures the consequence of choosing that level of self-protection over love better than C.S. Lewis. And here's a Lewis quote I want to want to end with, and I offer it as an encouragement to to the three of us and to the educators listening. To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will be unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. And I think that's what we hope, right, is that, we, yes. that for each of us in our own way, right, we continue to love, to, to take that risk every day, to be vulnerable. Um, because I think we are trying to avoid that idea of like, yeah, to not love means you'll never have a broken heart. Right? You'll never, it'll never be unbreakable or impenetrable. Anyways, folks, we just want to say thanks for being here with us today. We know your time is valuable. Whether it is this day, this week, this month, or this school year, we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of. And we want to send you into this day with this blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, May God hold you in the palm of his hand. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good day. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening. Clean your room. Do your laundry. Come on, kids. One basket, seriously. One basket. Just don't ride on the floor when I ask you to do it. That's all I'm asking. We've given you life. That's all I'm asking. And we're taking you you to the pool. Yeah. (laughs) Home-cooked meals. Transportation to wear. All of your things. Just one basket. We don't charge you rent. Just one basket of laundry.